So from a logopraxis perspective, everything descriptive of the Lord in the world as a historical figure depicts an inner process that has to unfold in us all. So that's the first thing. So in that particular section where it talks about the Lord making his human divine, it speaks there of how the heavens were overrun by what is evil and false. So if you think of heaven and hell as places, it locks us into thinking naturally. But if you think of how proprial desires rule in the human mind and govern our behaviors and the way we interact with others, then what you see is that that mind, which is created to be a receptacle and vessel for the Lord's goodness and truth, has become overrun. And the word is the means by which that gets cleared out, or working with the word is the means by which that gets cleared out. So what we have in our minds is an understanding of the word, which is clothed in person, place, time, and space. And that's the Lord's human. Not the person, time, and space elements, but the word that is clothed with that. The person, place, time, and space elements is what is taken from the world and spiritually is understood as what is taken from the mother. And that is what has to be put off. So when that is put off, then the interior understanding comes forward and that is the Lord's human being made divine in our experience, in the process as we experience it. Now, if all our focus is on Jesus as a historical figure doing something 2,000 years ago, that can't actually save you. What has to happen is that what is represented by the Lord and the Lord coming into the world was a representation of what has to happen within the human mind. Then that is where the salvation lies because we have to be transformed from within in order to experience the Lord within. And it's the experience of the Lord within that is the coming of the kingdom of God, right? So these things are interwoven. So the idea, and it fits in with this particular reading, the idea if you get caught in appearances and see the appearance as the thing, you are bound in person, place, time, and space. When you see the appearance as a representation, which is what an appearance is, it's a representation of something interior on an exterior plane, then even the appearance becomes divine because we are no longer looking at the appearance as the thing, but we are elevated through the appearance into the reality, which is the Lord is coming from within to save us. And that is a perpetual coming, is a continual cycle of delivering us from the hells, the hell of our proprium. That's what we're being saved from. That's the thing that we need saving from is our self-centeredness and belief that we have life in ourselves because that's what our self-centeredness flows from because basically self-centered behavior is an attempt to shore up the false idea that I have life in myself because I am terrified of being nothing. But I don't have to be because I already am nothing. The Lord is 
everything. But that's the paradox we have to work within. The Lord had to come into the world to represent what was needed to take place within us all. But the thing is not to get focused on the natural representation. The Lord was never finite. That's an appearance. The divine can't be finite by definition. You know, the infinite can't be finite. We have to put it off because we are the ones attributing to the Lord what is of an ordinary human being. So we have to put that off. And this is the struggle. Like the, the very conversation we're having here involves that struggle. Without what's described in the word, we have no way of connecting to what's needed so far as our salvation is concerned. So everything described in the word is a representation of what has to take place in us all in order for salvation to be affected. That's the point, I think. So there was the discussion in this particular section with regard to the Amorite and what actually happened, but that the external sense of the word, the letter of the word is written in a form to support the internal sense. And it's the servant of the internal sense. So in this particular case, what you have is something that wasn't historically accurate, but is nevertheless true. Because what is true has nothing to do with historical facts so much as it does in conveying what is good and true. That's the only thing that is true. And so that point is made on the very last page of the reading with regard to this idea of what actually happened between Jacob and the Amorites, or Israel and the Amorites. Facts are not truths. That's the point. Truths are, are much higher than facts. Facts merely convey or are vessels that can hold what is true. So memory knowledge is hold what is true, but to see the truth, you have to practice it. And then your understanding might be very different to the understanding offered by memory knowledges alone. So the natural needs to serve the spiritual and the celestial. And in the condition prior to regeneration, it doesn't do that. It wants everything to serve it. And so ordering the natural has to do with the natural being confronted with truths that basically expose it. I mean, one way of thinking about it, if you bring it back to the text itself, to the letter of the text, when you understand the letter literally, and that's what you hold to, then that is a state of disorder because the letter often contradicts the spirit. The literal sense often contradicts the spiritual sense. So the letter has to be brought into order or it has to be seen how the letter supports what is spiritual. And that is through the idea of the removal of person, place, space and time from the letter. And then the letter starts to support what is higher or what is higher can be present in the letter. 
to the point where the letter almost is not even seen in the sense of the literal meaning is not seen anymore. So when that happens, then the natural has become ordered in a way whereby what is internal can exist in what is external. And so then the internal has a foundation and a reciprocal. And what does that mean? Well, it means that we can be aware of higher things through the letter of the text, not the sense of the letter, but through understanding the letter in the light of what is spiritual. So the text itself, in that sense, is the Lord's divine natural. And it's made divine when those elements of the world are removed and what is interior is able to be held at the level of the natural. And that's the Lord's human being made divine so far as the text is concerned.